everyone. Foothills Community Church welcomes you to our podcast. We here at Foothills appreciate and are excited to have you join us in worshiping the Lord and sharing in His Word. If you would like more information, you can visit our webpage at foothillscc.com. There, you can learn a little bit more about our church and our church family, such as the ministries and those who lead them. While you are there, navigate over to our connection card, fill out with your information and any comments, prayer requests, general information that you would like to share with Foothills, and we will respond as promptly as possible. Again, thank you for joining us. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this opening worship set. Thank you, and God bless. Word of prayer. God, thank you so much. Thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you for your love. Lord, we come into your presence this morning with hearts full of gratitude, with hearts full of greatness. God, we want to worship you today. Would you accept our worship? God, would you draw us closer to yourself? Holy Spirit, would you fill this place? God, we pray that this morning any distractions or interruptions, Lord, would not shake us. Lord, that our focus would be on you. God, we realize that your Holy Spirit is the one that, that draws us to yourself. So God, we pray this morning, God, would you fill us with that? Would you open up our eyes and our ears to hear from you? Even in this time of singing, Lord, would we be drawn to you? God, we thank you for what you're doing. We give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, would you please stand with us? Say 
God, in this time of worship, we lift up your name. For you alone can save, God. We rest on you. Here's a joyful sound of our offering. As your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you lifted on your wings. And the world will see that. Yes, the world. Yes, the world will see that. Our God saves. Our God saves. There is hope in your name. Morning turns to songs of Here and now, 
and love and faith. Let the church live loud. Our God will save with belief, belief. And the gates of hell will not prevail. For the power of God has torn the veil. And we know your love will never fail. We believe. Believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And he's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that he conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And he's coming back. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. We believe. We believe. to die Oh, when I come to die Give me Jesus 
Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. God, we give it all to you this morning with grateful hearts. We are so blessed and we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we pray for your presence stronger than we can understand. Lord, we pray for ourselves to just set things aside. We pray for the message, God, that you have for us this morning and submit ourselves to that so that we can be then responsive. Lord, we pray for the seats next to us that are empty. And we pray for those at home that they just feel the conviction to turn on that screen and to tune in to your word. Lord, you gave us Jesus. So now's our time to be responsive. It's our time to carry those that don't know that you've given us Jesus. Lord, we pray for your anointing over Pastor Erica this morning as she brings the message that the Holy Spirit speaks through her to us, our own personal message, so that we can be responsive. So that we can respond to the empty seats next to us and we can reach out to those who may not have the courage to turn on the screen. Lord, we love you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Good morning, Foothills family. Foothills family here and at home, we are so uh, thankful to be together this morning. And I just dropped my announcements. So I'm going to stoop down and pick those up. And we have some pretty exciting things coming up. One, the first fun thing, uh, March 12th. We have a movie night at 7 p.m. here. It's drive-in style, and the movie is Brave. So invite your friends and neighbors. It's a, it's a great time, and, um, you know, there's not a lot of movie going lately, so uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to uh, join in and do that together. And today, right after service, is the pastoral vote for Pastor Erica to extend her call. Uh, Mr. Tom Wacker will be coming up and leading in leading us in that. It'll only take a few minutes. And then those of you who are at home who have not voted, just go to foothillsfcc.com and um, put your vote in. So Easter services. We have a couple things happening so far. Uh, Tenebrae 
service is March 28th. And if you're not familiar with the Tenebrae service, this is a time where we actually will walk together uh, through prayer and through a special service um, of Jesus' death and his resurrection. And um, it's, a, it's a serious service and a very uh, blessed service. So that's going to be Sunday, March 28th at 6 p.m. And then our Easter service is going to be on Easter Sunday, but it's going to be outside. And uh, this is another opportunity to invite your friends and neighbors. I personally will be sending out Facebook events for these two services. So if you are not on Facebook as far as having being notified when Foothills um, posts, uh, get Go into your notifications and get notified because when that event posts, you'll be able to invent your friends that you're on Facebook with. And the outdoor Easter service is really a great opportunity to share the love of Jesus. We're able to have safe space and everybody is comfortable and um, we get to do what God asked us to do. And I'm going to ask Miss Ruth to come up for Kids Connect. my mask so I can speak with you. Can everybody hear me okay? I want you to take a wild guess what animal I'm talking about today. I know it's hard. <laughs> the giraffe. You know, God's world is so amazing. Everything we see in it can teach us about his love and his great power, his great creativity. This animal, if it was in here, first of all, it couldn't get in the doors. And if it got, was here, its head would be almost to our ceiling. 18 to 20 feet tall they can get. Very, very tall. They, um, their heart is the size of a two-year-old. About 23 pounds. About the size of a two-year-old. Can you imagine a heart that big? This animal has a tongue that is very, very long. And it is very... Um, tough because it needs to eat the tough leaves at the very, very top. And there's thorns up in the trees that they like to eat from. It's very sharp. But their tongue is tough so they can be safe. Their tongue can be safe. And there's even um, antibiotic um, in their mouth that keeps them. If they get scratched, it helps them from getting an infection. Their tails can be eight feet long. And their babies, when they're born, drop six foot to the ground. You know, you see it like on TV, they're holding the baby up and they pat it on the back or they spank it so it'll start crying. If I drop six foot, I'd be crying. I think that wakes that baby right up and says, oh, I'm alive and I'm in the world. The giraffe is an amazing creature. I don't know if you ever played that game. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? But I got thinking about it and that's why I'm a giraffe today. Because the giraffe reminds me that I want to be like Jesus. You know how that reminds me? The anim this animal is a very peaceful animal. God says, my peace be with you. Do not be afraid. We can have so much peace and calm and joy 
when we're trusting Jesus, we can be like the giraffe. I want a big heart like the giraffe. I want to love like Jesus. If I have a big heart, the Bible tells us, love one another as I have loved you, and I want a big heart. I want to be like the giraffe. <laughs> I want to be able to, well, I forgot to tell you, they can run like 25 miles an hour when they need to. And they have, are so high up, their eyes, their ears, their smell can tell predators, and they're so high that they know when a predator is coming. The Bible says to beware of the enemy. He walks around like a roaring lion, something a giraffe might need to be afraid of. But we need to be cautious and look for the roaring lion. And do you know that this animal can give a mighty kick? It's one of its protections. I wouldn't want to get kicked by a giraffe. That's a long leg and a big hoof, about the size of a dinner plate. And God says we don't need to be afraid because he's going to give the enemy a mighty kick. He's more powerful than our enemies. There's a verse in Psalms uh, 27, verse 6, that says, I am going to lift my head high. I'm going to go to church, and I'm going to sing praises to God. And that's just like the giraffe, lifting his head high. He stands tall, and we need to stand tall if we have Jesus in our hearts. And I'm trying to think. There was one more thing about the giraffe. What was it? All kinds of good things that help us to know how to live like Jesus. Be not afraid. Be a peaceful, peaceful creature because we can trust in God. I am God's child. I'm not a giraffe. God's word is here. This giraffe doesn't have a Bible it can read. We do. So even though it's fun to pretend and to learn from the giraffe, I praise God that he made me, he died for me, and that he loves me and he loves you so very much. Thank you. Thank you, Ruth. Good morning. We're starting our new sermon series this morning in the book of Nehemiah. And we're not going to cover it verse by verse, but we're going to get tastes of it, so I encourage you to, to read it on your own at home, because there's so much good things in there. There's, it's amazing. Our series is called Great and Awesome, and we're going to be talking about how God is amazing, how he is great and awesome, what he's doing in us, what he's doing among us and through us, and how we can join him on his mission for Foothills. Great in Hebrew is used to describe that God is set apart. Take a second and think about that. That God is set apart. He is above all. The word awesome is not found in Hebrew, but awe is. <laughs> and awe in Hebrew is that word for fear, or to revere, or to respect. We're in awe because God has no equal. So when we say great and awesome, I want your minds to connect to that, that God is great and he is awesome. And we celebrate that and we want to join in with him in what he's doing. So we're gonna be walking through this book and its teaching has such a deep impact on our lives. We see that God is in the business of rebuilding things that are broken, 
rebuilding things that are not what they used to be. You see, we're all broken, and we all have areas in our lives that we need God to fix and rebuild. But there's hope. There's hope because we don't have to stay broken. In fact, if you're a Christian and you've given your life to God and accepted Christ's sacrifice, man, he paid for your death on the cross to pay for your sins. God says that when you do that, you're a new creation. You're restored to the image and you're transformed and made new. When we keep on living in a sin pattern, right? The brokenness of our past, we're saying that Christ's sacrifice wasn't good enough. That what he did on the cross wasn't good enough when we lived defeated. We say that Christ died, but my sin is too great. There's no way I can be made new, right? Look at my life. Look at the life I've had. Maybe it's your past that you've been through and makes you feel broken. Maybe it's your relationships and the struggle you have to live at peace with people. Or maybe it's your body and you don't feel like you have the strength for what God has called you to do. But let me say that God is in the business of rebuilding and fixing what is broken. When he calls us, he gives us gifts. He gives us resources, and he gives us the strength to finish what he's called us to do. So I want to walk through this timeline even before the book of Nehemiah because we see King David, right? And we know a lot about King David. He gathered supplies for the temple, but he didn't build it. It was his son Solomon who came right after him that rebuilt, or sorry, that built the temple and all the walls around it. And this was 540 years before Nehemiah. These walls represented their protection. Some parts of the wall were 30 feet wide. Okay, we can imagine how tall they must have been, but 30 feet wide. And there's eight gates around there. 40 feet high was the top. Can you imagine? 40 feet high, that is a a giant structure. It's not just a little fence, right? (laughs) But 140 years before Nehemiah, we see Babylon coming in and destroying Jerusalem. The army left it in ruins, and many Israelites were taken into captivity. And we see God working and rebuilding in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And God actually prompts the king of Persia, the one that came and destroyed, he prompts him to allow Zerubbabel back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. God used a foreign king. He sends some Israelites back. And this rebuilding of the temple starts. And it's amazing. God is so amazing for doing this. He prompted the king to do this. And then about 60 years after Zerubbabel, we see this other king, and he sends Ezra back. And Ezra's a teacher, and he teaches the Israelites that are there, and he focuses on spiritual renewal. And then decades later, about 40 years later, we see Nehemiah, and he's called to God's cause We see that he's gonna look at how God used Nehemiah to rebuild the walls, 
but also rebuild the people's lives. God called him to join this great cause because Nehemiah knew that God was great and awesome. He joined him. You see, when we see how great and awesome God is, our desire is to join him. He rebuilds walls. He rebuilds the structures in our lives that have fallen apart. See, we do this and we tell others about him, about the peace and the hope that is found in him. And this leads to a transformed life. It leads to transformed families, to transformed church, and to a transformed community. God just doesn't want to do something here, but he does. But he wants us to go out and reach our community, to reach those that don't yet know Jesus. And he wants us to take the truth and go out there to provide for people's physical needs, to provide for what is broken. Do you believe that God can do this? And that he is willing and he is able and he is waiting on us to join him? And are you going to join the cause and be a part of what he is doing? Let's read in Nehemiah. We're going to start in chapter 1, um, verse 1. And we're going to read all the way through 11. And I trick you because that's the whole chapter. But <laughs> we're going to read that this morning. In the late autumn, in the months of Keslev, in the 20th year of King Xerxes' reign, I was at the fortress of Susa. Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. So Judah's where Jerusalem is, okay? That's the section there. And he asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who have returned to the providence of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. So think about it. Every time they would see those walls demolished, in ruins, rubble, they would be reminded that someone came and tried to destroy them. Someone came and demolished what God had built. And hopefully they would know that it was because of their sin that God allowed them to be captive that God allowed this destruction to happen. They're in disgrace right now because of what they see every day. They are reminded. It says the wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And Nehemiah says, when I heard this, I sat down and wept. In fact, for days I mourned. I fasted and prayed to the God of heaven. O oh Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love and those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for the people of Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, the decrees, the regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. 
But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to this place. I have chosen this place for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayer of those who delight in honoring you and please grant me success today by making the king favorable to me. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. So what did Nehemiah do when he heard what had happened and that the walls were in ruins? Nehemiah wept. He joined God in God's concern for the broken condition. God put it on his heart to be part of the rebuilding. For days I mourned, it says. I fasted, I prayed to the God of heaven. He didn't do this flippantly. It took him weeks to pray through it. He prayed for favor with the king, for favor with resources. He has nothing. He is a slave. He prayed for favor with people. You see, God can rebuild broken things, broken marriages, broken finances, broken relationships, broken community. And we can't complain about anything until our hearts are broken. We fast and we take it to God. Number two, he confesses. He confesses on the behalf of his people, his family, and himself personally. Confession is a vital part of praying. It not only puts us in the right place where we're humble before God, but when we admit our sins and ask for forgiveness, God draws near to us. Have you ever felt like there was a ceiling between you and God and your prayers were just bouncing off of it? Confession, true repentance, breaks down these barriers that we feel. See, Nehemiah came humbly before God and he asked for forgiveness and to help him make things right. He wanted Jerusalem healed and rebuilt for God's glory. In verse 9, he prays scripture back to God, he reminds him of his promises. Remember, if you return to me, and obey my commands. He's telling this to God. Even if you're exiled to the ends of the earth, if you come back to me, I'll bring you back to the place that I've chosen for my name to be honored. Nehemiah is praying this back to God. See, when we pray scripture, it is powerful. And as you read scripture, don't just do it for head knowledge, but be ready to hear from God from his heart. Read it with this intention of listening for God's voice. And when he speaks to you in a certain passage, pray that back to him. Make God's word part of you. Make his word dwell in you. Live inside of you. Nehemiah did all these things before taking any action. Before he even went to the king, he knew that his life was on the line if the king didn't want to talk to him. Do you remember in the book of Esther? And she's prompted with the same thing of going to the king with a request. And it said there that 
if he didn't want to see her that day, she'd be killed. This is the severity of what he's about to do. So he's the cupbearer for the king, so he sees the king every day, unless the king decides not to eat or drink that day, right? <laughs> but Nehemiah goes, and the sadness that is covering him, the king says, why are you so sad? And Nehemiah is able to let him know what's going on. See, God was calling Nehemiah to his purpose. And Nehemiah had a passion and desire to be part of God's plan. When Nehemiah hears about the walls and ruins, he goes to the king. So he wasn't an engineer or contractor. Can you imagine what would go into building a wall that is 30 feet wide and 40 feet tall? I can't even imagine the structure and the capability that that would take. I'm sure in his mind he's thinking, I don't even know what this is going to take, right? I couldn't even possibly, maybe it's going to take more than my lifetime to do it. Jerusalem walls were two and a half miles along. Two and a half miles of that much. Maybe he was willing to jump in and do his part. Do you see Nehemiah's heart? Have you ever done a home remodel? <laughs> I get, I, yes, yes, I hear the ones that have. No. <laughs> Our big one was the first house we bought. I decided I wanted like a garden tub, but our bathroom didn't have room for a garden tub, and Dan loves me so much, he will make happen whatever I'm asking, I guess. <laughs> so we knocked out an exterior wall in, whoa, I know. <laughs> this is no big deal, right? No, it'll be fine. Before the wall was knocked down, I had Dan do this timeline, right? On weekends, after work, I'm going to work every day. So it was supposed to be finished in, what, month? Two, three months? Three days, <laughs> I know. <laughs> three months. Okay, I can live with this, right? We knock out the wall, there's air that can come through now. There are things outside I don't want inside my house. <laughs> we had the money. We had the finances. Wow, this was a big job. We actually had a friend that was a contractor at the time. I am so thankful for him <laughs> because he came in with his expertise. Right? It wasn't just our dream anymore, but he had the tools and the skills and the knowledge to be able to put together what we knocked out for one, right? We had to move a drain, like, it was amazing. And when we sold that house, it was really funny. The appraiser comes in, he's like, yeah, your house is normal, and then you get to the master bathroom, right? The master bathroom is like a resort. It's beautiful. I'm like, isn't it? I mean, I hated to move. My next house was not the same. <laughs> but I can imagine Nehemiah going through this, like, I have no clue what this is going to take, but I know God's called me to ask the king for help to use my position where I'm at. And then through this, God is going to do some work. See, he was a cup bearer. He had no power, but he had opportunity. He knew God was in charge and that God could use the king. 
He knew God was in charge. Say that with me. He knew God was in charge. You see, God puts desires in our hearts. He gives us vision. We're uniquely designed for this vision. And sometimes God calls us to pick up a shovel, to get busy and do his work. He wants us to be part of his mission. Nehemiah might not have ever used a shovel. Have you thought about that? This is all training new for Nehemiah. You see, this book of Nehemiah has a pattern of prayer. He hears that the wall is in ruins and he prays, he fasts, and he rids himself of his own desires and he goes to God. He rids himself of his own desires. He humbles himself before God. In chapter two, the king asks them, what do you want? And we see Nehemiah praying again. He does no step without going to God and asking, without praying. I want us to understand this. See, prayer keeps our focus on God and our motives pure directed to God. And when we pray, we know it's not us. And we give credit to him. Chapter two, verse eight, it says, and because the gracious hand of my God was upon me, the king granted my request. It has nothing to do with Nehemiah and his way with words. It had nothing to do with Nehemiah and his persuasiveness. It had all to do with God. Give credit where credit is due. And then the king does even more that Nehemiah asked for. He sent people, resources of people with him. And he paid for the job, right? (laughs) Over and above. Nehemiah's not even sure what to ask for. And God puts it on the king's heart to do these. You see, God rebuilds broken things, and we live in a broken world. Nehemiah lived in a broken world. But God wants to come into our mess and transform us. He wants you to live in a relationship with him, relying on him. When I was pregnant with our third kid, the, the story in the Bible of Abraham and Isaac was so powerful to me. Do you remember back in this story? So God tells Abraham and Sarah, you know, you're gonna have, you're gonna have a nation after you. That's gonna be your legacy. And they're like, um, we don't have any kids yet. <laughs> We're really old. Like, how is this gonna happen? And God just says, I'm gonna provide this. We're going to fast forward a little bit because they tried to do some on their own. But God gave Abraham and Sarah Isaac. And through all of this, can you imagine their heart? Can you imagine their heart for this child who is going to be God's blessing and promise to a whole nation? And then God calls Abraham something really hard. He says, I want you to take him up to this mountain and sacrifice him. Sacrifice him. 
Now in, in Abraham's mind, he is thinking, I'm going to obey God. He was faithful to me. I trust him with everything. Some scholars say that he believed God could raise Isaac from the dead. Wow. So in faith, he takes him up to the mountain, Mount Moriah. Do you know the meaning of that name? God will provide. God will provide. And as we're thinking of names for, for Moriah, we named her Moriah, there was no other name that had any pull to it. I knew her name needed to be Moriah. And God has proven this again and again in our lives. God will provide. See, your name is known by him. Do you ever read through the Bible and you come to a section of names and you kind of skip it? Right, where you're like, I don't know how to say half of, most of these, all of these, right? (laughs) There are some really hard names in the Bible. Well, I challenge you today to not do that. Chapter three in Nehemiah names the people that God used to rebuild the walls. And it tells of the jobs. See, God created us God gives us purpose. You were put on this earth for a purpose. You matter to God. Your name is known by him. God's calling us to join him on this mission. If you follow him, he's asking you to pick up a sword or pick up a shovel and even be part of this mission. So I want everybody to count on the count of three. I want you to say your name aloud, okay? Be brave, even if you're online. Say your name aloud. One, two, three, Erica. (laughs) You see, your name matters. If every person chose to pick up a shovel and be part of this cause, it would change everything. God gives us a mission. See, chapter three, verse one. Then Elisabib, a high priest and the other priest, started to rebuild the sheep gate. See, everything changed him when he decided to pick up a shovel and be part of God's cause. Verse five says that some did not. And some aren't even mentioned here, right? They're missing from the list. They're missing from the legacy of rebuilding. Your name is either on the list or it's not. Are you gonna be part of what God is doing here at Foothills? Are you going to be part of God rebuilding families, of God rebuilding relationships and community? You see, our legacy is what we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We are a part of God's spirit moving. His mission for others to come to know Christ. Because of the sacrifice you've made, the hours of prayer, the hours of labor, the financial support, God is using all of this to build the kingdom. See, Foothills is rooted in faith, growing in family, and reaching in love. 
God has uniquely called and equipped us to do this. This is the work that he has for us. And he's given each of us gifts, skills, and passions. The Bible's clear that these gifts are given so that the church can be built up. This is the purpose of spiritual gifts. What are you going to do with what God has trusted you with? He's inviting all of us to pick up a shovel. And some of you are already doing this, so today this is just an affirmation that you're on board. For some of you, you used to be in 10, 20, 30 years ago, but now you've become passive and distant. I think God is using this season to awaken us again to his cause. For you to put your name on the shovel. For you to commit marking it, making it meaningful. Some of you have never been part of a church before. You've shown up, you've called Foothills your home, but you've been more of a customer. Let's, this isn't committed to the cause when we have that mentality. We're gonna do this together. We're gonna pick up a shovel. So what this means today this means that you'll be committed to coming to church, whether in person or online, through Easter. And if you miss a Sunday, catch up. Do you know how blessed you are to have this online rewatch? We didn't have that, what, 10 years ago, right? Take advantage of that time. This means that you're committed to inviting others and having God conversations. I was talking to someone this week and they were saying that people comment on how different their life is now. Can I tell you that it's not good enough to say, oh, thank you, or oh, I go to church? This is your cue to say, because of my relationship with Jesus Christ and his forgiveness, I can live a different life. This transformation happens because of the Holy Spirit. And in doing so, invite them into that. You can experience this too. And I think that's the part we miss a lot of times. Inviting people into what you have. Sharing the hope that you have in Jesus. This shovel is also that you're committed to the purpose and vision of Foothills. That you will See life transformed. You will be part of this mission of seeing lives transformed and being willing to let God use you. Our calling as a church is to be rooted in faith, to have that biblical foundation, to be growing in family and reaching out in love. We desire these transform and be willing to be a part of someone's faith journey. It's messy. Let me tell you, it is messy to be part of someone's faith journey. But we are all further on in that journey than someone that doesn't know Christ. So we have something to offer. Inviting, sharing our story with them, praying for people that are far from God, that he would draw himself, draw them to himself. You see, being rooted in faith means that we have a growing relationship with Christ. Maturity leads to discipling others and serving. Our desire is that others come to know Christ. We can't claim to be rooted in faith. 
unless we're committed to God on his mission. Would you join me in God's mission to rebuild? Rebuild broken things, rebuild marriages and families, finances, broken communities, relationships, broken people. God is great and awesome, and he wants to do this. God wants to accomplish these things as we reach out and serve, as we reach out and invite others into a relationship with Christ. Remember, we don't fix broken people. The Holy Spirit (laughs) fixes brokenness. We are just used by God. See, the Holy Spirit transforms. He brings new life. So this morning, God is calling us to a time of commitment. He's calling us to rise up and be part of his mission to take his love into the world. God's calling us to pick up our shovel and get our hands dirty. What's it gonna take? We need to join him in the work that he's about. We can't get satisfied in maintaining anymore. We need to wake up, we need to see the brokenness of this world and weep for it. To pray to God for those that are lost and ask God how we can be part of his plan. Foothills is on a mission to reach our community for Christ, and there are so many people that don't know him. There's so many needs around us. There are people that are hurting. See, God wants us to be active. He wants us to be involved. This is one reason that I brought on Pastor Tina as a community life pastor. She's got such a huge heart for serving and meeting needs. And we'll be jumping into community outreach in the near future. We have some great ideas on ways that we can serve and we can share the love of Jesus. Our kids ministry opened last week. I thank Ruth, wow, she worked so hard to get that up and running. But I thank all the volunteers that were in there last week too. How amazing that we were able to pull this off. But maybe you don't know what happened behind the scenes, right? (laughs) That's okay. But kids' ministry is a vital, vital to the growing legacy of our church. We need to be pouring into this next generation and helping them develop a love for God and a foundation of faith. What a privilege it is for us to come alongside parents and teach and train. Our kids need Jesus and our parents need Jesus. It's going to take a while to build up the children's ministry volunteers. And when you commit to volunteering, you're allowing a parent time of no distraction in the service. I've talked to many of our parents that are still online and they're like, I cannot bring a four-year-old to sit with me, (laughs) right? At home, you can have them do their thing while you watch online. You're allowing parent time of no distraction in service to listen to God's voice. You're also loving on the kids so that they can know and love Christ, so that they can have someone else in their life that models that for them. This is a huge ministry with a deep impact. And we're not asking everyone to serve every week, just so you know. Like if you sign up, we're not gonna say, great, three months. 
<laughs> no, 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 not at all. But we'd like a consistency and routine for the kids so it'll be helpful for you to have be on a schedule. But men and women can serve. And I know my boys, when they were little, loved the guys that were in the toddler room with them. I have a picture of Drew and Joe Schaefe, and Joe is lifting him up by the ankles and trying to make a basket with his head, right? <laughs> and I love this picture because dads play different than moms do, right? Any mom will testify to this, what are you doing? <laughs> right? But I don't know if any of you know this, right? But it's an amazing opportunity to show God's love and joy. And we're hoping in August to launch an after-school program partnership with Ironwood Elementary. What would that look like to reach our community, to reach one of the greatest needs right now? Childcare. It's a great need. If you're the age that you have young kids, you know. And God's put it on my heart to share with others, and they're calling. They feel called to be involved in this. It's amazing to see God work. We have a great facility here, and we want it to be used during the week. We want it to be open to people that drive by. We want our investment to glorify God and his mission. So what's God saying to you this morning? Are you willing to pick up a shovel and be part of what he's doing here at Foothills? You see, God puts desires in our hearts and he gives us vision. We're uniquely designed for this vision. God calls us to pick up a shovel and get busy. He wants us to be part of his mission. So I want to take these next few moments to pray and to listen to God. We're going to play a song in a few minutes, and it, it's minutes long. It's five minutes long. And last week, we took the opportunity to pray with the people next to us. You can take this as an opportunity to do that too. But what I want you to do is ask God what your part in this mission is. And when he calls you, your job is to say yes. Be obedient to his leading. So during this song, if you're willing to be part of God's mission here at Foothills, or maybe you're already serving, this is no surprise, you've been doing it for a while, but you're ready to, to the, affirm and say yes. Write your name on the shovel. I have brought several Sharpies, they all work. I'm gonna put it down here at the, the stairs. And we're gonna use these to write our names, to commit to God, to getting dirty, to allowing him to use us any way he wants. Because we know that God is great and awesome, and he's at work. And we understand that he's called us to join him, and we want others to know him and see lives transformed. Let's pray. Father, you are great and awesome. And Lord, we come to you this morning. God, our hearts weep because of the condition of our world, of our country, of people that don't have a relationship with you or have walked away from you. God, we weep over our own brokenness and times we didn't trust you would you show us where we are not lined up? God, show us where we're not lined up with you. 
and what you're doing in this church. Bring unity here. Even if it means that I have to change, God, bring unity. God, forgive me for putting my desires above others. Help us to see things that we may be doing to push others away, people that need you. Help us to be sensitive, Lord, to your Holy Spirit. God, would you grow our faith? Would you help us trust you so that when you call us and to grab this shovel and get busy, God, we would say yes. God, would you provide the resources needed, both people and financial resources to move ahead. Oh God, we know that you have equipped each one of us with spiritual gifts, with talents, with passions. You have put burdens on our hearts. God, show us where you want us to use them for your kingdom to build up your church. Remind us that we're unique, that you know us by name, that you have a purpose for us. You call us to follow you. God, as we listen to this song, I pray that you would speak powerfully to each one of us. God, give us the courage to be all in for you. Lord, we love you. We give you our hearts now. We thank you for who you are. Lord, you are great and awesome. Amen.
All right, we're going to continue worshiping this morning. If you haven't signed the shovel and you still want to, you feel free to still come up. The altars are open uh, to pray. We're just going to continue worshiping. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see.
has promised good to me. His word, my hope, secures. He will my shield and portion be as long as life endures. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below will be forever mine, will be forever mine. You are forever Yours now forever. 
Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. Nothing's gonna hold me back. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. Free to give, free to be, I'm free to love you, free to live, free to give, free to be, I'm free to love you, free to live, free to give, free to be, I'm free to love you, Lord. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I'm alive to live for you. I'm alive to live for you. Amazing love, how can it be? You gave everything for me. You gave everything for me. At this point, I'd like to invite uh, Tom Wacker to come up. You may be seated. Good morning. So uh, we're going to start the, the local church conference in just a minute. If anybody needs to, we can take five minutes if you want since we've been sitting here for an hour, or we, we can just go ahead and jump in. So we'll just jump in. <laughs> okay, so calling the, the district, com the, the local conference to order, and we are uh, here for one one agenda item, and that is to, to vote on the, um, to vote on the um, um, call for Erica, the four-year call, okay? So the tellers are Beth Mash Mashburn, Angie Barkley, Ken Barkley, and Harold Lewis. So we'll be passing out ballots for this very simple ballot. Just mark yes or no, fold it in half, and then the tellers will pick it up. And then we will do a tally, and we'll, we'll wait here for that to happen, and then we will announce the results. So the tellers will pass out the ballots and pins for folks that need them. Yes, if you already voted online, then please don't vote again. And also, you, have to, you, sh you need to be a member of Foothills to vote. So if you are not a member, please, please respect that and, and, and do not vote. Okay, so this tally includes obviously the online votes as well as the in-person in in votes. 
and it is 59 yes and one no. So, gotta have the one. Yes. <laughs> so Erica and Dan, we're, you're stuck with us for four more years, guys. So, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> so, let's, we'll say a quick prayer, and then we'll head out. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to serve you. We thank you for this Foothills family of, of believers, and we thank you for bringing uh, Erica and, and Dan back home to, to lead us in the future. And Lord, we just lift this up to you and, and, and give you praise for this vote and praise for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>